Hello and welcome back to the weekend spread conference preview edition. This time we're going with the big one. It is the Big 12. Yeah, that's right. We are talking about the uh, one true champion, trying to determine it out. And this is going to be a little different than our previous ones. As you can see, we have all the boys on deck. We've got Ty Lee, we got James Maxwell, and of course, we got Boaten Blake bringing up the poop deck. We got the full house ready. So instead of what we've done, where we kind of go through, take a couple bets, we're ranking all big 12 teams, all 10 12 teams, uh, 10 through 1, then talking about each as we go along, and everything essentially will just sort of come out along the way. So um, we're kind of going to take a overall approach. For example, if everyone has 10, which usually people should, we'll talk about that 10th team. The majority of the ninth team will go and uh, so forth. So it should work. It should be good. Um, I'm asking everyone to trust me here a bit. But uh, anyway, so before we get started, uh, let's kick this thing off. Jameson, how are you feeling about the Big 12 this season? Pretty wide open stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I really do think it's going to be a down year in terms of just competition. I think I'd say I feel confident about three teams this year. And the fourth one, I feel like it's kind of like iffy for some people. I'm a little bit higher than them on others. But I think three teams, that could be a top 15 team. And that's about it. Yeah, it's it's. It, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, Ty, looking at the Big 12 this year, what do you what are you seeing? What are you thinking? Ty is muted. Or, yeah, Ty is muted. <laughs> uh, who would do see- that? Who would do that? Who would start talking while they're muted? I, I can't think of someone who would just do that, but. Anyway, yeah, it's okay, I, time. But I it's think Bobby I've, I've mostly seeing, every time. Yeah, I've I've been seeing a lot of people uh, talking about how wide open the Big Twelve is and how competitive it's going to be this year. And frankly, wrong, wrong. This is OU's year within the conference. It's always been our year within the conference. Like I said last podcast, just we were backstabbed by our coach and basically lit on fire and, and tossed into the ocean, uh, which I guess would put out the fire in most cases. But that's what happened last year. It was a fluke. We're coming back. We're going to win the conference. I think that that who we're going to face in the championship game is going to be very competitive, and I think there's going to be a lot of mid-level competition. I think there's going to be a lot of great games. So the conference itself will be very competitive. As for the top, uh, no question there. That's not not a competition. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Blake, do you share that same assessment? Yes, and like many 2023 recruits going now, I would like to commit myself to the shield, boys. We're here for the long run. Unlike y'all, y'all are leaving us soon. I'm committed for many, many years to the shield. This is my favorite conference, and the reason why is one of the only ones where all 10 teams play. It's a round robin. You get one true champion. Unlike 2014, that was the one exception, but we get one true champion now. I love it. I think the conference is wide open. I think there are definitely some contenders, but... If you look at it, like I think there's six, seven teams in this conference that are dangerous, that can beat any team in the conference any single week. So you know how I love my shield, how I'm the one protector of the shield on this pod. So I'm ready to get into it. The one true protector of the shield out there. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. So I, I'm for it. Well, to boys, clarify, let's, what's that? I was just going to say to clarify for the listeners, uh, Blake recently graduated from Baylor last year but also claims to be a tcu fan so kind of confusing as as they are rivals but he is a baylor alum who also claims tcu fandom somehow 
in addition to his Baylor fandom. He went to 20% of the uh, Big 12 schools. So there yes. you go. Yep. So he is the most, well, one of the most Big 12-iest school of, like, guy out there. Now all you got to do is get a doctorate at a, at a Big 12 school and you're, uh, you're, you're complete. So, anyways, yeah, let's get down to business. Like, you want to come back to school? It's really fun, the, I promise. <laughs> the recruitment's open. If one school wants me really bad, <laughs> I'm a, on the market. Uh, get a go. PhD at, at UCF. I'm sure it shouldn't be too difficult and it's a decent destination right yeah, or fantasy punishment all nil opportunities for law school right yep i will any any place that will pay me i will go and also a good fantasy punishment idea would be to take some classes at byu oh oh no could we even could either all of us get admitted have we have we sinned too much to get into byu i i don't really know that's a that's a question for somebody else but let's get this thing started off and um, all right, we're starting off number 10. So, Blake, we'll, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, tell me who it is, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of converse after that. So, Blake, is it who, who'd, you, who'd you pick? It's, it's pretty obvious, right? Yes, I hope there's not any tomfoolery on this pod, but it is very obviously the Kansas Jayhawks. This team, uh, I will say last year, they ended the season with two single-digit losses and a win, which is a big deal in the back half of their season. Like, that basically is a bowl game for Kansas, and I think they will be better this year. I think they will still be 2-10, and 10, but I think Jalen uh, Daniels is a pretty good quarterback for Kansas standards. They're trending in the right direction. I think Lance Leopold is going to get this program maybe to like four or five wins, like which would be really good for them. Uh, but I still think it's just the cream of the crop and the Big 12 is way better from one through nine. So two and 10 it is for Kansas. Fair enough, fair enough. Jameson, who, do you got Kansas as well? Yes, and I'm hoping Ty follows suit because let me throw out the receipts here and let Ty explain himself later about um, his Baylor pick that he had last year. Um, that, that is the most egregious thing I've ever seen happen, picking Baylor last in the Big 12 and then seeing what happened to them last year. I hope that he redeemed himself. But yes, here's my thing. I actually liked what Jalen Daniels did at the end of the season. I know I was a bean man. I love Jason Bean. I really did. I loved how he was frantically running all over the field, and it seems like he could never do anything. Jalen Daniels actually looked like he was a little calm, cool, and collected, which was kind of weird. And putting up fifty around 50-plus 50 points on Texas takes a little bit of skill. So they'll be at least a little fun to watch, but I think two wins is your mark again. he went oh my god he went mike silent he went mike silent again that's what i okay that's what i get that's what i get for making fun of ty for it but no i i'm with you i'm with you i think i think this kansas team is about that two level two two win i think they get a third win this year i think they spice it up but no i i just i think leipold has it in the right direction it just takes a lot of pro pro takes a lot of progress to get there but uh, Ty, did you or did you not go for it and pick Kansas last this year? Or have you learned from your mistakes? Is Kansas your 10? Yeah, so real quick, I did pick Baylor last last year. Just because they were – I picked them last. Just because they won the conference doesn't mean that they're the best team. You used to be the worst team and win, you know. 
It's like if you can flip a coin ten well, times and get heads every time. It's statistically. Oh, I know all about flipping <laughs> coins. <laughs> Blake knows that coins. But uh, yeah, this year last place in the Big Twelve. It's it's Kansas. Like we're talking about, they're still very bottom of the barrel, but they are they're trending upwards, or they seem to be trending upwards. They have a decent coach. He's working on establishing some some decent stuff there. I think two wins. They have a pretty easy out of conference. Uh, schedule they're playing like Tennessee, uh, Nashville Tech or something, and then uh, someone else, and then I think also BYU or, or somewhat difficult. But I think Kansas two wins very very realistic, very achievable. I think potentially three wins because because crazier things have happened. But uh, yeah, two wins Kansas at at tenth in the Big Twelve. I'm pretty sure on your sheet you put Kansas at eleven technically. I so, did put Kansas yeah. at eleven. So yeah, for for everyone's situational it was, awareness, it was Duke rather than BYU. I just want to put that out there because that's actually kind of an interesting game in terms of like the crap, the bottom of the barrel. Mm, uh, don't they play like Houston or someone? Yeah, BYU play plays Houston. BYU plays uh, Baylor in Provo, and then they they play someone else. Houston, I thought. Houston is who I was confused about mm-hmm. on on Kansas's schedule. Houston plays. That's right. Houston plays two yeah. Big Twelve teams. Okay, uh, but Texas um, Tech and Kansas. Yeah, I did have Kansas technically at eleventh. Uh, that's because eleventh um, would be the tenth place slot. I have permanently retired the number six in memory of Baker Mayfield. R.I.P. He's not dead. He's just uh, plays for the Panthers now. So basically, dead. Fair enough. Hey, that's a good thing. Let's just be happy about that. Uh, fair enough absolutely absolutely so all right next up we have number nine we'll just go rapid fire we'll let you talk about it in a bit but uh blake just quick quick three like three seconds who did you pick number nine texas tech yeah jameson McGuire and texas tech ty west virginia mountaineers and that's the one outlier i also went with the texas tech red raiders uh at ninth so our, our old pal Joey McGuire, first year on the job. Let, let's take a look to see how they're doing, actually. Taking over stadiums, putting Lubbock on the map. Big 12. Right in your face like the Big 12 pack. They ranked us number nine, about to wake them from their nap. So we ranked them number nine. Are they going to wake us up from their nap? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> so Joey McGuire, pretty, pretty, uh, uphill climb, but you know, Jameson, why did you have them ninth? What, what did you, what do you see? Like, why do you think they're going to take a step? Like they're, they're going to stay pretty bad this year. Don't get me wrong. I like Joey McGuire. It seems like he's kind of doing a good job there and getting them, you know, at least more talked about in the recruiting world. And it seems like their players are pretty confident. My thing is they I don't even think they've decided a starting quarterback. And if they pick Tyler Shaw, I think that's a pretty much solidifies them as a number nine. Now Donovan Edwards played really good throughout the season last year whenever he had the chance. I mean, Donovan Smith, Donovan Edwards for Michigan. Donovan Smith um played pretty pretty good for them throughout the season. Um, but he doesn't have Eric Ezekonma anymore. And that's gonna be really tough to have um miss that guy because he was quite, you know, the handicap for that quarterback position. Um you know, Texas Tech's defense will always be Texas Tech's defense. So if they can get some like play out of the quarterback, maybe they could go to eight. But I just got a feeling that there's too many variables calling them at nine. You used to mute <laughs> again, Bobby. <laughs> you did it again. I, had, I, had I always turned on this camera. Blake, why do you have Tech at nine? 
Yeah, uh, pretty similar to Jameson. I think Joey McGuire was honestly a great hire for them. Like, if you look at their 2023 class right now, I believe it's still a top 20 class, if not top 25. Like, and that's very good for Tech, considering under Kingsbury, they were more in the 40s, and then under whoever was it, Matt Wells, whatever his name was, the Utah State coach for a second was in the 60s. So oh, they're going to get— Matt Wells. Yeah, so they're going to get great talent in a few years, but they made all the right coaching moves. They brought in Joey McGuire. They brought in the Western Kentucky offensive coordinator who's reinstating the air raid at Texas Tech, which is, like, where it's destined to be. Like, that was Mike Leach, Leach's brainchild there. I'm glad that they're bringing back the air raid there, but they have no talent anywhere where they need it they don't really have a good quarterback they lost two nfl uh type wide receivers they lost four linemen who like you when you lose that much on the offensive side and you're relying so much on the offensive side to bring your team success i hate that their defense like jameson said they've historically been just really dreadful and they have no linebackers this year so it made it really easy for me to pick them nine and also just throw in the fact that they're playing u of h and nc state in their non-con like that just gives everything for me like i have them projected at three and nine this year i think it's gonna be a really bad year and i'm tired of cactus gang in my mentions all over me i know we banned y'all from our stadium from getting tickets but the only reason why we did that was because you don't go to your home games we have a better attendance game by game than y'all consistently while we've been in the big 12 there, nobody wants to go to lubbock i'm tired of cactus gang in my dms it's gonna be a nice three and nine season for them they're gonna be ninth in the big 12 yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you as well. I I have tech uh, down there and, you know, for all what I said about Joey McGuire last year, you know, misplaced, you know, uh, assault on people whose uh, first name ends and why, uh, as that was quite literally <laughs> shooting myself in the foot. I just feel like Joey McGuire, you know, he has a good culture going. It's going to be a good building block here. Recruiting seems to be going well. I just think it's it's too much. I, I don't think I, I think it's too far to go. In one year, it's going to be too much for him. And I think Tech just um, just a, a step below. Ty, you... So I see you have West Virginia number nine. And I'm going to kind of ask, like, what um, what about it had you uh, kind of put West Virginia down there? Or, or, what, what, how, what, what made you put them at nine? And what edge do you see uh, have it, them having on, you know, Texas Tech? What was that difference maker yeah, for you? Yeah, so let's... Yeah, so first, let's understand the how I was viewing the the chessboard. And I think that will help you understand the, the moves that I took. So I really, it's because it's the preseason. A lot of it is essentially a, a toss up. You never know. So when I was looking at it, I, I kept, I've never been high on West Virginia. I'm a known West Virginia hater. Uh, so I've never been high on West Virginia. I understand that a lot of people have tacked down at the bottom, but I was starting to look at it and I wasn't really seeing anything that jumped out as one being, you know, potentially worse. I think tech gets a lot of coverage because, you know, we're close to it. People we're just more familiar with it. Like West Virginia is just out there on its own doing who knows what no one's paying attention. So they could be just as bad. It's just getting less coverage. Uh, so I, I felt that they were pretty equal. And so the way I saw the chessboard was one is located in Texas, which is going to make it inherently or should make it inherently better at football. And then like we talked about, they're trying to go back to, to their, not their, their sort of history because no one there was, was there when they were running the the cool old school air raid uh, back in the day, but 
it's going back to the the stuff that's sort of as we would refer to meta for them, like the fun joke, like tech just running the air raid and and being garbage at everything, but just trying to air it out with everyone. And I love that. That's what I like when I think of tech. So I think there's some sort of inherent advantage there. Obviously, they're going to be garbage. Um, spoiler alert: they're my they're my next one up. But West Virginia, I think, is also going to be garbage. They're on the East Coast. Nobody knows how to play football on the East Coast. They're in West Virginia. I, do they even have flat grounds enough to make a football field? in West Virginia. I don't think so because West Virginia is basically just outside of Pittsburgh and no one in Pittsburgh plays football. Do they even know what football is Clearly uh, not. in Pittsburgh? So yeah, give me, give me West Virginia down at, at nine. Um, I don't want a glorified ACC team over here trying to outrank a, a team from Texas really. So I'm not from Texas, but I had to, I had to stand for Texas and, uh, make sure that they they were ranked ahead of at least West Virginia. And I think there, that there's got to be some buy-in with the players releasing that video. They're going to get destroyed. It's going to be a hilarious meme, but they at least believe in themselves. So you guys talked about their non-conference. I'm not sure if you're aware, but that doesn't factor into conference rankings. So if they lose all their non-conference, it doesn't necessarily matter as long as, I guess, they beat West Virginia and Kansas. That is true. That is true. So, um, you know, maybe maybe – we are sleeping on them. I don't know. So no, we, we aren't, learned- Bobby. No, we aren't. They have the most overinflated <laughs> egos out of like any fan base. They're rivaling like Texas A and M right now in Texas oh, of that's- just like the most like overinflated perception of what their program oh, actually is. They've never had any success. They keep on they're acting like they're big shots. We're like we're back, back to what? Like your best season was when O like didn't OU knock them out? Like the yeah, 2008, like, they didn't even do anything with that season, so I'm I'm all out on Tech. Like, Tech at best is going to be, like, a traditional, like, second or third in the Big 12, I think. Like, the new Big 12, so got to yeah. recruit players to Lubbock still. They're putting a lot of investment into the program. I, I, I see a good future there with McGuire and them, but just just ain't happening this year. So... Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers Fantasy Contest all season long to compete for millions in prizes. So download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now, sign up with promo code TPPN, click on the Rainmakers tile, and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in free prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN, build, play, win, only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on type and numbers of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Ty, as you mentioned, you have um, you have Texas Stack at eight. Blake, who is your eight? Yep, I'm going with the Mountaineers. So swapping with Ty. Yeah, same here. I have the Mountaineers at eight. But Jameson, who who do you have at eight? Do you, are you with us on the I Mountaineer got- train? 
I've got a really bold take on this one, and it's not as much of like comparing West Virginia and this team where I think West Virginia is better than them. I just think some things could go downhill and fast for Iowa State. I really think that there's a lot that's overturned here, and this is a bold, bold pick. I understand I'm deviating from the norm, but you know everyone's going to talk about Brock Purdy leaving, but that's not what I'm worried about. Legitimately, all of their playmakers on the offense side of the ball, you know, Brees Hall and Charlie Cole are gone. I understand Xavier Hutchinson's still there, but they have you know first-time quarterback and Hunter Decker's coming out. The defense lost eight starters, and that team was supposed to like like be known for their defense last year. What did they win seven games? Was that it? Seven games? Last Jameson, year? their defense was incredible last year. Like every metric said that defense was incredible. It was their offense eight that starters. is the issue. Eight starters is the is well now they've lost eight starters and they've lost all their offensive skill players. I'm telling you, I think there is a chance they could slide here. I really so, do. So Jameson, where do you where do you have West Virginia? Are you really that big on Neil Brown's West Virginia team? Where do you have them? No, I have them at seven. And I, I mean, looking at it, I can obviously see West Virginia at eight and Iowa State at seven. Um, but it's just something about I I remember I'm looking at it. I could see Graham Harrell and JT Daniels putting out something funky and like pulling off, you know, like one upset or something to like put them over Iowa State. They win one game that they they aren't supposed to. Um, obviously, I see West Virginia. They have a lot of deficiencies. Um, you know, I think losing Letty Brown is a really big you know, hurting point for their offense. And I understand um, they lost some pieces on defense, but they still have um, Dante Stills. Um, that stays there and he's a huge piece that has been very impactful for a long time and he'll be a great leader for that defense i understand this is bold i understand this might not be the likeliest but i thought i just had to put it out there because why just be um, cookie cutter fair fair enough fair enough and you know before we jump on to a little bit um of iowa state because you know i i have a feeling they're going to come up sooner rather than later uh blake why why are you personally fading west virginia having them sitting uh, where they're sitting. Yeah, I think this team, I think this is the year Neil Brown gets fired. There's really been no energy there. Like Dana Holgerson was honestly like a really perfect fit coach for them. And they just decided not to pay him. And now we've kind of seen the result of it that they might make a bowl game, but they produce a very boring style of football. I do agree with Jameson. Like, I think Graham Harold's going to give them, like, a little bit of vertical attack, which they haven't had. Like, if we've watched West Virginia last year with Dagie, teach me how to Dagie or Dougie or whatever <laughs> his name is. They, he had, like, one pass over 20 yards that entire season. Like, it was bad. Like, they couldn't, like, generate offense, uh, like, worth anything. And so, I have him here just because there's still a lot of unknowns. Like, I think JT Daniels is a good quarterback, but can he stay healthy? But the reason why I give him the edge over Texas Tech in this spot is just because West Virginia actually produces good defenses year in and year out, which is something Tech doesn't do. So the Tech offense, I'm like, they're probably not going to click because of lack of pieces. And if JT Daniels actually is the five-star that he is, plus we get a West Virginia defense, I think it could be a decent team. But like the way I project it, 4-8, and eight, missing a bowl, and Neil Brown gets fired. So... So I, I'm with you on Neil Brown. I think this is his last year. I think he was a weird fit. I think it was, he, he kind of had a similar thing that Matt Wells had where kind of tr tried to come in and change too much too quickly um, in terms of just who that program was. Uh, and I think he was put in a bad, I think he was put in a bad position. Um, 
And, you know, frankly, I, I think JT Daniels, you know, I, I think West Virginia will be as good as they start. I know we're talking about conference games and, you know, obviously Pitt's not a conference game. It should be. But, um, you know, I, I could see this getting really bad really quick. And because this is kind of the new thing is I, I see him getting fired midseason. Or resigning Ooh, midseason. I like that. Because that's a new like thing. That. That's a new thing in college football. And I... I just see West West Virginia like snowballing into a dumpster fire. I just I don't like it. Um, I'm I'm just a little wary of them, and I think I've, I I think this is just going to be a, a down year for West Virginia. Just never a good fit, um, and it's just going to be too much. It's going to be too much. They they have a tough tough non conference. You know, spirits can get down quick, uh, especially when you start out hot. And I think that's something that kind of ha- happens both to West Virginia and Texas Tech, but. Um, anyways, so let's move on to seven here. So we know Jameson has, has West Virginia. Uh, he, he likes Iowa state. He likes Iowa state to be bad. Do we like Iowa state to be bad too? J- Blake, wh- wh- who do you have at, uh, at seven? Yeah, at seven, I got Iowa state as well. And Ty, do you, do you got Iowa state? At number seven, I of course have, this is why I was cheering when Jameson started to, to, uh, talk down to them. I would use another word, but we are an advertiser-friendly podcast. If you want to advertise, shout out to our wonderful um, supporters at, at DraftKings and the Pigskin Podcast Network. If you want to advertise with us, please hit up Bobby. But uh, yeah, I hate I hate Iowa State. They are not good. They shouldn't be in the Big Twelve. They are a Big Ten team with there we go SEC academics. They are not a Big Twelve team or Big Ten team because they, they have no Big academics. Ten. They, are, they have no right. academics. They are a, no. Did you, did you not hear? <laughs> they are a Big Ten athletic program with SEC academics. That's what I said. Uh, don't take me out of context. Uh, I will not stand for that. But uh, yeah, they're they're trash. Shout out to Matt Campbell, a coward for not going to the NFL when he could. There number one, I knew number it. one bag fumbler of the century. Because now he's being exposed and will continue to be exposed for being garbage, absolute trash, trash at running a football program because he's trash at running a football program. They're not going to be good this year. Uh, they're, I don't think they're going to be better than, than West Virginia. Goodness, that's a, that's a rough one. But or I, I, I don't think, I'm sorry, I do think, I don't think they're going to be worse than West Virginia. Uh, because they're on the decline. They're not at rock bottom yet. But yeah, I don't like Iowa State. I hope Iowa State fans are listening to this. Uh, and I hope they are upset because yeah. I do not care. I, I don't even, yeah, I couldn't name you a single player on Iowa State's roster. I just hate them for no reason. Uh, and I hope Iowa State fans understand that. Look, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I feel like there was a reason why Matt Campbell was crying during senior day last year. And it's because his golden goose has, has left the hen house. The entire, you know, that golden generation all graduated at once. So now he's got to rebuild. And frankly, I think it's going to be way too much this year. I think he's a, he's still a good coach. I think he's still going to do fine at Iowa State. But he's going to have a down year this year. There's just too much to replace. Just going down the line, you know, Brees Hall, you know, Charlie Kolar, it, um, I can't remember the other guy uh, that, that you, you know, Mr. Relevant. What is his name? Brock Purdy. Yeah, he's gone too. So that's the thing is they, they're just having to replace too much. And, you know, that's what happens when you have nine captains and they all leave. Now you have no captain. Who's well, like, what, what's a ship without a captain, Blake? That is true. 
You are right, Bobby, and I'll give you that. And I think Ty actually makes some points. Like, half of the college football coaches I felt like this past year overturned, like, did, like, they hired somebody new, and Matt Campbell could get a bag during that, like, turnover and just didn't do anything and kind of set with Iowa State whenever his entire generation of players that he recruited, which honestly, like, made Iowa State relevant. Like, I think people forget after these past few years, like, last year was obviously disappointing because they came into the season top 10. They were consistently the ninth best team in the Big 12, and it was just because they were beating Kansas each year. Like, Iowa State was terrible, and... So props to Matt Campbell for that, but fumbled the bag by not lateraling to a better position. But I'm a little higher on them than, like, the rest of, like, I guess these last three teams. Just because I believe he has built depth over these past few years that he's recruited the guys that he needs. As Jameson mentioned, Hunter Deckers, he set the Iowa high school uh, records for yards and touchdowns. I believe in that. That's something that's flashy. That's flashy. And that's why, that's what Max Duggan basically did, like, before this Hunter Deckers guy. So that's I'm why I'm so I'm high on him, <laughs> but uh, like I think this team is a six and six team, and honestly, that is fine. That is a perfect for an Iowa State that ten years ago was two and twelve or two and ten. Six and six is great, but Matt Campbell should have gone somewhere else. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we'll see how we can do after now. Now that they've gone, so. All right, moving on to number six. We're going to go around the horn. Just quickly, quickly tell me who you uh, picked. Ty, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so just to clarify, again, I have to pick a number six. Technically, uh, number six is permanently retired in memory of Baker Mayfield. But uh, for my sixth team, I have Kansas State. This is where it starts to get really muddy, but I have, I have the Kansas State Wildcats. Jameson? I struggled this one. I really wanted to pick my number five at six. I went K-State, though. To, um Blake. Oh crap. I look like the worst fan ever. I got the frogs. <laughs> the frogs at six. <laughs> oh. God. Oh God. Hey, hey, Bobby, hey, I hey, swear, hey, join hey. me. At join least you're me. not alone. I also have the frogs. Okay. Have Thank God. <laughs> I, no, I, I, I if anything, I've come up on the frogs uh, like this week over past weeks, and I got them at a seven and five record. That's like the best I can give them. So I man, I'm with you. I I like the potential of TCU. I just I can't pick them to go higher than what than what they are, just because I don't know what Sonny Dykes is going to do at TCU. I don't know, like I just don't know what they look like, and it's it's going to be tricky. But um, I don't know. It's I, I, I'll, we'll talk about them a little a little bit next. I kind of want to talk about K State first, though. Jameson, why why uh, K State where they're at? I know a lot of people are kind of hyped on them. Um, you clearly think this hype is pretty uh, misplaced, though. Yeah, not really, though. I, I really don't. I, I think they'll be good, and I think this six, four, five, six is going to be an absolute dog race, or it could be like a three-way tie, and then just this is what ended up happening. I feel very, very even about my four, five, six, and the thing is, you know, two returning um, preseason All-Big 12 offensive linemen with Deuce Vaughn, a guy who's been absolutely producing since he was a freshman, that is, you know, set up for a big-time season. That's going to be hard to go against, but then you're putting in a lot of cards into Adrian Martinez. Uh, we saw that K-State team without Skylar Thompson. They did not look good without him. It seemed like he was that glue piece. 
Um, you put in Will Howard, that team looked like they could be the seven, eighth, ninth team in the Big 12 in some in, in some instances. Um, but now with Adrian Martinez, can he be that guy that he was earlier in his career? Or is he going to be in the Nebraska type of Adrian Martinez and kind of screw up the glue of this K-State offense? There's a lot of question marks here, and I thought there was less question marks with my teams at five and four. Really, Bobby? <laughs> Bobby again! He does it again! <laughs> I have too many buttons to click, and I keep getting distracted. I'm sorry. Ty, why'd you pick K-State at six? Yeah, so let me start by saying I understand the people that believe in K-State. I truly do, and and I hear you. I Chris Kleiman, I think, is a, a really good coach. I think he's in a, an unfortunate situation where he's taken a, a job that is sort of uh, perennially struggled. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right the right uh, term to use, but they've they've constantly struggled. They're in a, a really difficult situation. They're a, they're a medium small fish, and uh, relative to them, a, a pretty large pond. So it's it's a tough situation to begin with. Um, I I understand the the people that believe in them. I kind of believe in them too. I it, this is like I said, it, it becomes very uh, unclear. I think I think uh, K State and TCU are are sort of interchangeable. Uh, I, I put K-State lower, and this almost doesn't make sense, because I feel like I know what to expect from K-State. Uh, a lot of a lot of promise, uh, a lot of disappointment and underperformances, but then one or two games where it really clicks, it really comes together, uh, and things work for them, and we see a, a shining moment of greatness, which has kind of been the Adrian Martinez story uh, historically at Nebraska as well. So I feel like that's a, a perfect pairing. So I understand the K-State hype, and I – I almost knock them because I feel like I know what to expect from them much more than TCU. So spoiler alert, uh, I have K-State here. TCU is my next one, but it's, I, I think because I know sort of more or less what to expect from K-State, I know where their ceiling is. And I think TCU, if things click has a, a little bit of a higher ceiling. So I went with that. So I'm, I'm sort of betting on the frogs, but that's uh, explains my methodology. Okay, yeah, that, that, I think that's fair. So since we're kind of split here, or um, like evenly, let, we're evenly Bobby, split. before we get into that, let's revisit a take back on the weekend spread last year when he said Chris Kleiman is a better coach than Dave Aranda. How do you feel about that take these days? I said, I said well, that. I, no, I, I Bobby, will, Bobby, uh, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, he's a better coach I, than Matt Campbell. Both. Of I was them. okay. So obviously, that was a little bit of hyperbole. I'm still very big on Chris Kleiman, though. I think he's going to have a good year. That's all I'll say for now. But uh, Dave Aranda level? Dave Aranda? I mean, maybe one day. I think he can get there. I, I, well, I think how things I think, change quickly. I think once. I, I think this is going to be a bit really big year for K State, and we'll get there when I get there. Okay. Okay. But since we're split at six, let's let's go ahead and talk about uh, TCU. Your frogs, Blake. So go a little bit in depth. What you've been seeing? You're you're a frog expert. Uh. What what have you what are, are are is this like a vote of no confidence in TCU? Is this a you want to see more? Like you on obviously have a better pulse on the frogs than any of us. So what 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 do you what are you feeling? Yeah, like the reason why I have them rated so low is just because like if you think about last year, like last year was kind of supposed to be our year to be a sneaky like Big Twelve contender just with the amount of returners we had plus like defensive weapons, stuff like that. It obviously didn't work out. Um, but 
the reason why I don't have them high this year is just because we're kind of like Texas light in a way. We don't have a quarterback for one, uh, like Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers out in Texas. Ours is between uh, Chan God and uh, <laughs> and Max Duggan. I love Chandler Morris. I want him to be our quarterback. But honestly, like you get a similar experience where Max Duggan has been starting for three years, has started games and has played honestly pretty well like there's been some games where he has downs but games he has ups and so he brings that experience but also at the same time it's like Chandler Morris it's like we have two starts that we've seen under his belt we had the Baylor game where he went absolutely crazy and I think people forget that like Baylor would have been in the college football playoffs had they not lost to TCU that game like that is how crazy Chandler Morris's like high points are but then Fast forward to the next week, he goes against OSU. It's horrible. Horrible. He gets injured, but even before then, he's throwing picks. He's a high upside guy, but like that's who I want to lead my team. Um, I think Sonny Dykes is taking the program in the right direction. Uh, like I think our recruiting classes are going to be just as good as they were under Gary Patterson. Offense is going to be great this year, but the defense has no weapons. We saw it last year. They were porous, and they brought in Joe Gillespie from uh, Tulsa, who I think is a great defensive coordinator, but like obviously you have nothing to work with, and there's nobody on the defensive line. There's nobody in the linebacking core, and like our only good corner is uh, Hodges Tom and like I'm thankful that he came back so it's gonna look a lot like an SMU team where we're just gonna be in shootouts so that's why I have to limit their potential just because like shootout type teams can't win big games they can win the easy ones and the people under them and I think we have a good non-conference schedule to help with that but I just see no I, I, I don't see many ways that we, like, start cracking the top five of these Big 12 schools just with the roster that we have. Yeah, I, I'm i with you. I think in year one, Sonny Dykes' team, is it's very high ceiling, low floor to me. And I kind of am picking, like, I think they could go as, my floor for them would be about seven. But, so this is kind of being conservative with them. I think they could definitely take a jump if they get hot. Um I think I'll say this. I think they, I think they bag a big upset. Sunny Dykes teams, as Bl- Blake, as you know, those SMU teams would always come in. You know, they're really rascally. They're really wild. They'll sneak up and bite you. And you know, I, I, I think, I think that's going to spread to his new team. I think they get a big upset. I hate to feel like it's going to be OU, but I kind of feel like it's going to be OU. It's not um, going to be OU. It's, it's we were cursed. OU, Texas. We're it's cursed. Those weird vibes. We always play y'all the week and, before, the week after, and it just like it never works out. It's just and, like, yeah, fair enough. Hey, fair enough. We'll see okay. how it goes. I'm just saying, I'm I'm not I'm not feeling comfortable going into that game. So, um, definitely interested to see how TCU does uh, this year. So let's move on. We've got this next this next one's weird. Now we're into the top half of the big 12 and this is where we're going to get a little bit heated it's going to get a little bit wild and we're going to see how we do with it so let's start this thing off uh ty who do you have in your fifth spot you already said it was, it was yeah TCU. so not only are we not moving on uh it's not heated at all i have i have tcu uh just quick point on on tcu one I, I love their schedule i know blake loves their schedule he didn't mention but uh opening up at colorado i'm a known Colorado fan and and uh 
sympathizer. I, it, it's, I wish I could go. To, I would love to go to that game too. I am also, it, it doesn't always show up on camera, but I am wearing purple. So TCU fans don't hate me, but um, uh, TCU's offensive coordinator, OU fans, we must hate them. Their offensive coordinator, a guy named Garrett Riley. Yes, that Riley family, Lincoln Riley's younger brother. So certainly we must wish uh, eternal, again, advertiser friendly. So we're going to use the word punishment uh, on that bloodline. So hopefully they will be uh, terrible, but I think they are fifth in the Big 12. I Like I said before, them uh, TCU and K-State, who knows? I think they're sort of neck and neck. There's a lot of tiers within the Big 12 this year. I, I think four through two and arguably one is is really its own. That's where the fun games are going to be. But yeah, maybe TCU has some upset potential. Uh, maybe they don't. I, I love their schedule. I think it's really cool playing SMU as well. Um, I've, I'm kind of worried about the OU game uh, as well, just because I, I have that weird, weird sort of PTSD from our freshman year of college and in 2014. I don't know why. I just have a weird feeling every time we go to Fort Worth. But OU runs North Texas, so I'm not that worried. Blake screaming rush the field will echo in my head forever. And, and it, it will never go away. I will never not be worried about games. In wait a way. second. Wait, Bobby. It's... Wait, Blake. I'm, I'm not going to ask Bobby because I don't trust his answer. Blake, did you rush the field? Oh, my God. Yes. I. What did Bobby have you seen the video? You, wait. What did Bobby do when you rushed the field? No, I remember the video. He was now, just, but. he sent me a depressed Snapchat in like the 300s, just like <laughs> so Bobby these guys. Because the there have no. been allegations that Bobby potentially has rushed the field when opposing teams have beaten OU. I know he's done it at OSU. <laughs> he will deny it. No, I he haven't. Will deny it. We have the evidence. We have the emails. Lock him up. He's rushed the field in Stillwater after they've beaten OU. Uh, are are we putting up like a clarify. like a November twenty sixth uh, convention or something? Like, gonna try to try to figure out See, what I did. The fact that you know the date, the fact that you know. <laughs> yeah, that's Bobby has it circled. It He's out. like, he it's wrote in his diary, November twenty sixth every year. Anyways. It finally happened. OSU to the Big Twelve Championship. <sighs> Jeez. Oh, so okay, you I have to see the white have... logs. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Blake, who do you have at your at your fifth? So I'm reversing it. I'm going Kansas State here. Okay, Jameson, did you do a flip flop? Are you? Are, do you have? Do you have uh, TC or do you have TCU at at five or? Hey Blake, listen close, because let me tell you something. You know this feels like NBA draft lottery where we're going, and with the sixth pick is the Kansas State Wildcats, and with the fifth pick, your team still hasn't been picked yet, Blake. The fifth pick, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Isn't this getting crazy? Jameson's list is a little wild. Hey, look, if you want to hear a little wild, my number five team in the Big 12, the Texas Longhorns. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There is no way. Okay. There is no way, no way you have K State high enough, Bobby, and there's no way you have TCU high enough. TCU, what the heck are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? See, this is great because Blake loves hedging in the preseason. There is no way TCU is in the top four of the Big Twelve. There is absolutely no way. Bobby, you have Kansas State. Kansas State in the top four? Of course he is. He loves that Chris Kleiman. He wants vengeance. The fact that he came out, he's like, oh, Chris Kleiman is a better coach than Dave Aranda. And it was one of those, like, 
ending with a Y type name takes that we were all just like, what the heck are you talking about, dude? Like, Dave Aranda is, like, obviously a way better coach. And Bobby, uh, here he goes. He's going to have him in, like, three, like, three or two. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we'll see. So You better have the frogs at four, Jameson. That's all I got to say. So oh, let's, my yeah, God. Let's, let's embrace debate here. Which one of these picks is the wildest, are we saying? Texas or OSU at uh, or uh, Texas at five, or uh, I guess OSU being as low as they are. I think Texas. Texas. I think Texas. That's fair. That's fair. So Mm. we've we've talked about all these teams, and we'll we'll get into the meat of it. Let's move on to our next one. So who do you got? Who do you guys have it for? Let's 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 not let's not waste time. Let's go straight into it. Ty, who do you have it for? So at at four, I have Texas, which on the surface level is only one higher than you, but it's. The, it's the team that you have left still on the board that's alarming. So I have Texas at four. Uh, I assume I'll get an opportunity to to delve into that a bit deeper here in a second. Jameson, do you have the frogs yeah, like, at four? Who do you have it for? Who do you think I have it for, Blake? You better be the frogs. You think so? There's no way, dude. There is no way. If you be, if you do that, pick him as like two or one. Like at least go all the way and just be like, oh, Sunny Dice gonna lead him to the championship. Don't put him at like three. What does that take? They're you better four. be four. They're four. They're okay, four. thank God. I was like, thank God. What a horrible take if you put him any higher. <laughs> I, I said Jeez. earlier that my four, five, and six, I feel could be in a three way tie. I th- I just think that they're. <laughs> There could be some kind of funkiness between them. And obviously, I've been saying it for a while now since the offseason. I'm pretty low on OSU moving into this season. Yeah. So, Blake, who do you have? I got OSU, like a rational human being, OSU. So, like like a normal rational human being, I also have OSU at four. Uh, Holy (laughs) Bobby, no! No, no, no. When are we going to address this? Do we got to wait till you come around and actually give us the take? Or, like... That's are we just take. gonna? I made the graphic. Let's use. use a four. This is or not why. that, but this it's is not why. who. It's not who said who you said OSU at four. It's who hasn't been shown that needs to be discussed. <laughs> this is exactly why Bobby was being shady as hell before the podcast about what the format and what was going to be discussed would be mm-hmm. because he he knew he knew that he had a garbage take. That he was going to have to defend. So I'm not going to lie. My, my list changed several times throughout the day. And wait, the, when did the you team finalize- What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait. When did you finalize your list? Uh, I mean, it came right up down to the wire. Um, so it's, it's when he made the graphic. It's when he was dragging the little things. You asked all of us to text us your list beforehand. Blake and I texted you a list yesterday. Jameson oh. texted you a list several hours ago. Do you think ago. I'm trying to intentionally... No, 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 I want to hear, no, but I know Bobby has his convicted bad takes, and I know he's been murmuring at this. This is like last season with the picks, where Bobby kept putting himself last every Mm -hmm. single episode, so he'd listen to everyone else's picks, and then he could game the game. What? How am I gaming the game by having Kansas State a number? I had access to these, uh, the weekend spread Excel sheet where Bobby would put his picks down in the Excel and then Blake would pick something and you could see Bobby's gears start turning his brain. He completely switched it. I'm like, expose this man. He had him locked down in the files. It's changing him. I ch- I've, been, I've been flipping. I've been flipping all day. I'm not, sh- I wasn't sure because honestly, I feel like, I feel like three through five can go anyway. 
and I'll and I, I'll get down to it. Like whenever whenever I reveal my third team, who who could it be? Nobody knows. But for now, let's let, let's talk about let's talk about Oklahoma State. Let's let's get on. We haven't talked about them yet. They've already been three of the four of us have already picked them. Jameson, you faded them the most, having them at five. Why are the Pokes at five on your list? Yeah, that's my thing because I think there is a lot of hope that Spencer Sanders is going to be the reason that they can be a competent Big 12 team, a top four Big 12 team. But as we've said that uh, in the past, that is not the case. That man, I feel like, has so many deficiencies in his game. We always say the Spencer Sanders moon ball. I feel like he has a lot of accuracy problems. Obviously, we saw he's got a lot of problems with, you know, dealing with pressure that we saw at the end of last season. I think they're, you know, losing Jalen Warren might be one of the biggest things that people won't talk about moving into this season. He got a lot of carries. There are some games he'd get like 28-something carries. And understand, people are high on Dominic Richardson. I still got to see that. And then losing their top four tacklers on the defense and losing Malcolm Rodriguez, who is the heart of their defense, and losing their defensive coordinator, which made their whole identity as Oklahoma State being competent team last year. I just think a lot put is put on Spencer Sanders' um, shoulders, and I just don't believe in him. Yeah, I, I I don't think people have really, really focused in on the loss of Jim Knowles as much as they should have. I think it's I think that's a devastating loss to that team. He was an incredible defensive coordinator, completely redid OSU, and like you said, he was the he was the his defense was what they hung their hat on. That's why they were so good. That being said, the reason why I have them over Texas is I feel like Mike Gundy is established enough. They're good enough. Um, I, th- I think Spencer Sanders and LD Brown, um, you know, they're not great, but I feel like they have enough to just scoot out a little bit ahead of Texas. I don't like Texas's culture. I feel like I feel like they're heading down a down, downward path, and I feel like it's just I, I just I liked Oklahoma State just a nudge better than Texas this year. Um, but um, yeah, Blake, Blake, your thoughts on the pokes? Ty, I know, I, I noticed they're not on your list yet, so I know you're high on them. So I'll, I'll get to you in a moment. But Blake, why, uh, why do you have OSU at four? Yeah, like I think OSU honestly is going to have a pretty decent record. Like I projected them nine and three. Um, but y'all kind of mentioned it. It's like Jim Knowles leaving with eight starters on that defense is a really big deal. It's like the first time we saw uh, OSU really succeed in the Big 12, like really had that moment where they got over OU to make the Big 12 championship. It's because of their defense. And that defense no longer exists. We have to rely on Spencer Sanders, which I need to drop here, like, I agree with y'all in the sense that the Big 12, uh, all or I don't know, All-American, first team, whatever you call them, is robbed because Spencer Sanders last year was QB1 on the Big 12, like, on the Big 12 first team, which makes absolutely no sense. He's a horrible quarterback, but I think Mike Gundy has a better culture there with better players than Kansas State, so that's why I have to rank him a little bit above. It's like, I think they get similar floors, but OSU gets a little higher ceiling just because I have seen in my lifetime Mike Gundy piece together really good offenses, and it's there they did bring in a good defensive coordinator like people forget that uh was it Derek Mason from Auburn oh old Vanderbilt coach yeah and so like they bring in a great coordinator and so it's like 
Jim Knowles was fantastic at his job, but they bring in somebody that's solid enough. So I like their floor a little bit better than Kansas State and also their ceiling. So that's why they're at four. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no. So Ty, what would you like about OSU to have them in your top three? Yeah, so I'm not going to reveal where they are right now, but uh, I guess I, I, I'm going to touch on them now. I'll, I'll touch on them a little bit more when they come up uh, again. But I, with OSU, I feel like I know what I'm getting. Uh, I feel Mike Gunny's is his 18th season at OSU. That is a ridiculous time for a college coach in in the modern era. Um, he is that program. He is the the program. He's gone through a lot of different coordinators, a lot of different. Um, you know, everything, a lot of different players, obviously there. And he's, he's constantly kept him in a, a really good spot in the big 12. I, I almost think of OSU uh, and I don't want this to sound, you know, down on OSU, but what, and I don't want this to sound down on, on OU as well. So I guess I'm going to offend everyone with this take, but what OSU is to the big 12 is what OU is to the national stage uh, since 2000 it's it, it we've always been there we've always been relevant obviously there's been some some ups and down there's been some years where we've had a better chance to win the national championship or OSU has had a better chance to to really dominate the big 12 but it's just one of those you know perennially we've been just sort of a, a tear off just just we've missed that edge and and um in summary, I'll address sort of Texas right now. I know we're about to talk about them a little bit more, but Texas, I just don't know. And I talked about sort of downgrading K-State because of I felt like I know what I would get from them versus TCU where they could have a higher ceiling. I think Texas has a higher potential ceiling than OSU, but I think achieving that higher potential ceiling for Texas is much less likely. It, it's a very, very rare uh, thing. So OSU, I feel like I know what what uh, I'm going to get from them. So for that reason, and and the fact that I sort of believe in, in what they're doing up there in Stillwater, they are still on the board on untied to a number yet for me. That is true. That is true. So let's go ahead and reveal our, uh, our third pick. Um, Jameson kick us off. Who do you have at number three? Um, Probably something different than y'all. I've got Baylor. Interesting. Blake, who do you got? Whack. Uh, I got uh, Texas. Okay. So it's K-State. It's K-State. I got K-State at three. Oh, dang. I, th- I was hoping you would go into the one or two. No, I, I couldn't do it because honestly, I feel like K-State's way closer to five than they are to, to two. I, I think it's really a toss-up between those three teams to me. K-State, then why'd you rank them at three? Because I, I that's the it. closest yeah, number to two besides five. Makes, makes I, I, so no I put sense. Kansas State. I put Kansas State at three because I like their home games more. I feel like they have really winnable, good home games, and their two road games, you know, at Oklahoma, uh, at Baylor, like that are really, really tough. That I think they could, you know, they that should be auto losses. I don't know. I feel like they're rascally enough to take one of those. So I think they're, I think they're going to take care of business at home, and. Even if they lose both of those, then I think it's enough to just barely inch them ahead of Oklahoma State and Texas. You know, I, I especially because they get both of those teams at home. So I think, you know, great record against Texas at home traditionally. I feel like they're a thorn in OSU's side. And then I think they're better than Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Kansas. So that's my thought process with it. I think they just, it sets up well for them to, to beat OSU and Texas 
and then take care of business with the rest of them. That's my thought process, anyways. Ye who puts too much faith in Adrian Martinez to do something good. <laughs> hey, that's fair. I, I, it's not even really about Martinez. It's about Kleiman for me. I, I think it's. I think they're going to be a better team. Oh Jesus, Bobby! Last year, Kleiman's an all right coach. Last year, their quarterback situation was awful. But they have Deuce Vaughn, who's a great running back that can bail out these guys. You can't bail out horrible Howard. He was the worst. Yes, you can. They literally did. That's what they did, Bobby. And they went in five. They... But what if what if what if you have a moderate quarterback? That is how you get from eight and five to like I don't know, nine. Yeah, but four. what happens what happens if the entire Big Twelve like raises their level of competition this year? I don't which think they a do. lot of teams are. You I don't? don't? Think... With a lot of these coaches, like Texas, TCU, even like a West Virginia, compared to last year's Texas Tech. I think they make things different, but I I don't know. Even having Texas at four means you're raising the level a little bit. I think K-State raises their level a bit. I'm I'm kind of big on K-State. It's not about Martinez. I don't think he completely changes that, like, at all. But he's, he's more reliable than... Than who they than, than Skylar Thompson who kept getting beat up, and you know if you look at their schedule last year they didn't lose that badly they never lost they never really got blown out once and I feel like they're closer to I, I just like them a little bit more than Oklahoma State and Texas that's just kind of my thought process with it I know that's I know it's a hot take I know it's wild but I like K State there I, I and I know I've been burnt by them before but you know what I'm putting it back. <laughs> I'm putting, my, I'm putting my money back into K-State. I'm going back for another coin flip, even though I've lost, like, seven times on K-State. They, uh, they are a high-floor, no-ceiling team. We'll, no we'll ceiling. Like, like they're destined for five or four. Like, they're just no ceiling. That I'm team just, can't go anywhere. I'm out on OSU, and I'm out on Texas this year. I think they have major dips, but... Ty, who do you have at three? Texas can't have a major dip when they didn't make a bowl, Bobby. This would be a raise. Okay, so, no, okay, maybe not a major dip, but I think they stay stagnant. I am so out on Sarkeesian. Bobby, they didn't make a bowl last year. How do you have them as four and not making a bowl? There's no way the Big 12 only has four bowl contenders. There's going to be six or seven. Whatever they do is they're going to make it. It's not like I, three and five in the Big 12 is really not like decided by that much because everybody plays everyone as you know one true champion but like it's not that it's going to be tight there's a situation where this comes down to the last day and it flips on my head there's a chance we go into that last day i'm gloating about k-state being ahead of texas and it flips i i i really think five through three is that volatile yeah, Blake, I disagree. I'm, I'm with Blake. I'm with Bobby here. I think you're totally off base. I, I have no idea what you're on about. I, <laughs> like, I cannot comprehend uh, how you're taking this stance, Blake. What the heck? Like K State, Bobby's like Bobby's like, oh Texas, it would be the same as last year. No, it's not. Fourth in the Big Twelve, fifth in the Big Twelve is not the same as last year. I don't get why y'all are all on K State. K State's an all right team. They're a good team. They got Deuce Vaughn. They got their three stars and their JUCO transfers that buy in, but no ceiling. Just like every other K State team we've seen in the past, no ceiling. Those K State teams have won Big Twelves with Wait, those. No ceiling, gritty dudes. Do you, under, do you dudes. understand what does it, no ceiling to me means that like there's no like 
upper limit, which means like they're yeah. Colin Klein was a great we... quarterback, and we knew that. But I no, know but exactly no, what this no case state team means is. There's nothing holding them back. I, maybe I missed. No, no ceiling means no upside. No like I know what this team is. It's they sense. are two different things. No, like floor means no one the base to the. When, so, so saying there's a glass ceiling means that there's unlimited upside. That no, you're confusing sense. two different like ceiling? metaphors. Two different word, two different definitions for the word ceiling. Yes, ceiling means your potential, mm. your upside. Yes, I. There is no debate about this. What has been used on sports talk radio for years? Ceiling. No, means you're upside. correct. There's no debate about the definition of a word. You're, you're <laughs> we need to move on, it. Bobby. Corral us. <laughs> God. <laughs> Ty, what is Ty? Who is your three? Just tell, Texas. tell us who your three. Okay. Wait, you're t- you're Wait, what? No, four Texas. Nah, I was trying to pull one over on Bobby. Yeah, mine is <laughs> Dubbers. Oh, here the we gr- go. Fading Baylor friend. again. That's not, that, that's not that crazy of a take. Baylor at three? Not that crazy. Come on. No, I don't think that's crazy. I think what Bobby did is lunacy, but that's... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Sorry, no, no, we anyways, won't see. Let's... I know. I'm telling you right now, my man. They are going to be fourth or fifth. Like, just live with it. Just accept it. <laughs> this is your take right here is Chris okay, Kleinman over David Okay, Miranda. so he said fourth, one away is lunacy? Yes. Yes, when you're talking about no, these margins. Not. Bobby, third means you're in contention for the Big 12, usually till the end. And I'm saying Kansas State's not going to be that way. I. That's Look, man, wrong. This was a, last year was a weird year for the Big 12 where there were three teams kind of up for it. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm sticking with it. It's, it. Let's move. Let's talk about three. Let's talk about Texas because, what? Well, let's, everyone's picked. Has everyone picked Texas yet? No. Nope. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> wrong. Everyone, wrong. Three. <laughs> so, so other than Jameson, who has Texas in a championship game for sure. Yes. We've all picked Texas. So. Let's diagnose them. Where do you think Sarkeesian and, and his Texas Longhorns are going to take a leap this year? And um, let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Kick like, it to somebody. Like, Me? Yeah. You. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I like kind of agree with Jameson here. Like if we're going to go upside, this is the highest upside team in the Big 12 the Texas Longhorns, they got one of the better transfer, yes, one of the better transfer classes, top five. The highest upside in the Big 12? Yes. Yes, for you sure. Know I, have the, I have the power to remove you from this podcast. How do I... Oh no! Now everything no, Bobby's no, gonna get mad. I don't. I do not like Blake's because nope. they're so chalk, so chalk, so boring. No character in them. It's not character. I'm just there you go, Blake. smart now you have about to live these. With it. <laughs> that, that, gosh. But it, anyways, yeah, Texas like has the highest upside because their offense can be truly elite. They have the best wide receiving core in the Big Twelve. Yes. Why? Are, why are y'all saying? Why are y'all doing these weird faces? They literally have one of the perfect recruits at quarterback, and there's only been a handful of them. Yes, he is. Stop. Y'all keep I on agree. trying what, to say. What about him is perfect to you, Blake? It's it just a like fact. A it's just attraction, or is it like an emotional thing? Or oh my what god, what was Tate Martell's recruiting ranking? He was a four star, I believe. Right? Yeah, he wasn't. He was not anywhere close. Yeah, he wasn't. He's close. not. You're trying to get got me, but I know my stuff. So uh, 
Quinn Ewers is one of the perfect recruits. Like, if he ends up being, like, a Heisman-style quarterback, like, they easily have potential to be in the Big 12 uh, championship. The they He has the cast around him. Great wide receiving core. B. John Robinson, of course, is back, who's going to be the best running back in the Big 12. But really the only thing they have to worry about, I guess, like, I guess Texas has a lot of things to worry about because, like, culture being an issue is obviously, like, something that can hinder you mightily but three defensive coordinators in the last four years they got to get the defensive side of the ball uh to be somewhat reliable like over the last four years I think they've only been in the 50th percentile once on defense like their defense has been abysmal you're not going to win the big 12 or not even make it to the championship with that level of defense but I do like them sitting on the outside looking in I just put them at a safe eight and four but I like Jameson's thinking better than y'all's. I think they're, like, I like that higher variance. Like, I like that variance factor that they could make the Big 12 championship, so. Ty, you're a battle. Yeah, so I, I, when it comes to Texas, right, I believe that they, Texas could potentially win the, the Big 12. You know, I don't want to be labeled as a, a Texas sympathizer, but uh, Texas is one of those teams, they always recruit the talent, and on paper, they have the coaching staff there, to they could be a playoff team, but it's just there's something else going on there, you know, whether it's the dynamics between whatever else is going on that just sort of makes Texas one of those places where it is it's not conducive to growing um, you know, a really successful program in the past um, you know, decade or so. So I understand the the Texas um hype. I I truly do, but I just I I don't think they necessarily, I, like I said before, I think when it comes to Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State, uh, they're all sort of right there together. It, it could go either way with with all of them. I, I truly believe that, but it's just Texas has a track record of constantly getting tons of hype and then underperforming. That's not the case with Baylor, and that's certainly not the case with OSU. So maybe it's a sort of brands and, and expectations type thing. I, I understand that as well, but... I just don't I I don't think it's a reasonable assumption to bet on Texas being in the Big 12 championship. If you want to talk about potential scenarios for Texas that have a more than 2% chance of occurring, I think there's more than 2% chance of stringing together some sort of fantastical Texas national championship scenario. It would involve something like Nick Saban being kidnapped by some sort of you know, organize whatever group for whatever reason and, and Bama just totally shutting down and, and all sorts of other things, but it's the potential is there. So I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not down on Texas. I'm not necessarily up on Baylor or OSU. I think they're all right there. And I really don't think anyone knows right now. There's so many factors. Texas has, you know, undeclared who's going to be their quarterback. Who's going to be this, who's going to be that they have it. There's a lot of stars there. If things start to click for Texas, they're going to be a dangerous program, but it's they've never been able to get that fire going. So a lot of uh, a lot of sparks and and no flame at Texas has, has sort of been the story since Mac Brown left, and uh, I I don't see anything you know drastically changing in this offseason. So how many Big Twelve wins did Texas have more than a touchdown last year? It could One. be many at All. Yeah. One. They beat Texas Tech. Uh, 70 to 35 and then the rest of the year two big 12 wins one by five against ccu and then one by five against kansas state 
So wait, how many, how many, I'm sure you probably don't know off, off the top of your head, but how many losses do they have by more than one touchdown? Cause I'm I feel more, like it's also not that many. That's a fair point. So you have Iowa state and let's see, Iowa state, Oklahoma state, Kansas. And there you go. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So, so only two of those were by one. So that's the thing is it is a, a bit more of a gambly Ooh. team. So I think, I think, I think there's a lot of, good things to say about that i think osu or sorry i think texas really is going to take a bit of a leap but maybe not i i just i i think that culture is just kind of rotten and you know i, I in retro in retrospect i think five's a little too low i think it's going to be a bit of a jumble there in the middle though so um i just think they kind of end up I, I if you looked at it you saw like a really big bottleneck at the bottom you had you know three three and six teams because TCU is bad, they just gave up. Texas Tech was bad, they just gave up. And then, you know, Kansas was bad. Uh, and then, I don't know. I, I I think it'll just be, I think it'll just be a little, the bottleneck will be a little bit higher this year. So that's my prediction anyways. So, um, all right. Um, that's my thoughts on Texas. Let's move on to number two. Um, and let me give, let me give my reasoning why I'm going to pick Texas number two here first. Let me, yeah, let me go for button it. in here since we stay on this Texas. Yeah, talk. that's a good segue. I, well, um, I didn't know you, I, you might've picked them one. Yes. Well, they're going to be my number two. And so y'all can pick your number twos after me and we can talk about Baylor probably, but here's the thing with Texas. And I think that y'all, as y'all started talking with each other, y'all started realizing like, yeah, I can kind of see it. I understand that. I don't want to see it. We've been, seeing a bunch of crap from texas you know in the past season the off season there's things coming out you know about quinn ewers and hudson Carr just not looking good in camp and throwing interceptions left and right but here's my thing i think you know whoever emerges from that it could be hudson carter quinn ewers i think the weapons that they have is going to make them elevate to a level where they're going to get over that hump that they're having right now and they're going to be a very good team I think Bijan Robinson's the best running back in the country. I'll put it out there. Blake said he was the best in the Big 12. I think Bijan Robinson's the best in the country. He is a scary dude. And whenever he was healthy last year before he got hurt, unstoppable. He was hard. Like the couple downs that Oklahoma got where we could stop him for only a couple yards, we thought was a miracle. You don't see or feel that in many players through college football. And then Blake was kind of hitting at it at their wide receiving crew. You know, Isaiah Nair from Wyoming, the transfer, is a huge piece for them. Next to, you know, Xavier Worthy. Like, these are two really, really good wide receivers. And don't forget, they also have Jordan Whittington, who also made a lot of good plays for them. That's three wide receivers I feel very confident about. And I also agree with Blake. That's the best wide receiving crew in the Big 12, even over Oklahoma, um, which is tough to say out loud. But I obviously, whenever you have a guy like Xavier Worthy, it's great. That will elevate the level of the quarterback. And, you know, the defense might have some holes, but they have a guy at each level of the defense that I feel confident on. Um, Alfred Collins, the guy who showed some things, and um, he can be a very good player if he comes into himself into this year. I think Demarion Overshone returning is a big deal for them, you know, a tackling machine. And then Deshaun Jameson is a huge playmaker. I think he's a great player at that cornerback position. I think they have the star power um, to get them to the number two spot. And honestly, to be in the number one and number two spot in the Big Twelve, I think you need stars to get you there. Okay, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. That's fair. So, um, yeah, let's move on. Let Let's do everyone's number two then. Uh, Blake, who do you have? Yep, uh, mine's Baylor Bears. Um, and my reasoning for this is 
fairly easy. I love their schedule. I think they have the best offensive and defensive line in the Big 12. And as I said on many of these previews, like that's where your momentum starts. Like if you have a good offensive line and a good defensive line, you're probably going to be a pretty good team. And Baylor has that. And plus, I just think that even though they lose, they lose Abraham Smith as the running back. They lose two of their, or even more than two, three of their top uh, wide receivers. And they lose two of three all-defensive first-teamers for the Big 12. They lose a lot, but I love Dave Aranda as a coach. I would chop a pinky off for him to be my coach. I think he is incredible. I think He he is is your coach. You went to Baylor. No. I did go. I went to 20% of the schools. What I went to through longer, so if you break it down, it's like more like 12 and 8% of which ones I went to, but... Even though they don't bring back the skill positions or some of like the key defenders, they have movement on both sides of the ball that I love. I love Blake Shapin as a quarterback, not just because of the namesake, but uh, and the fact I'm going to miss Gary Bohannon so much. I loved Gary Bohannon last year, but Blake Shapin looked awesome in the first half of the Big 12 championship. So I think they're steady. They don't lose stupid games. Like That's the benefit of... like. In the Big 12, sometimes it's not necessarily being the second-best team. It's just being the most consistent team. And so I think Baylor, although it's a safe pick, I think number two team. Yeah, Blake, I'm riding with you on Baylor as well. I think they're – obviously, they have lost a lot of production. But I think the coaching's there. I think the scheme is there. And, you know, I I think they're going to be just steady enough to get to. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting race for the championship. But um, frankly, I'm with you. I think Baylor's just kind of a cut above, um, at at least when it comes to culture right now, from the rest of uh, the pack. Um, Ty, who do you have again? uh, OU or OSU at two? Yeah, so I have have OSU at two, if you will afford me like a, a minute to explain my my reasoning. So I like I said, I, I've sort of set my piece on on Bale or um, Texas. Uh, when it came down to OSU versus Baylor, I did our favorite sort of preseason uh, picking thing, and that's schedule analysis. So let me let me present to you Baylor's schedule first. Baylor has to go to BYU. I'm not saying BYU is that good, but September 10th, that's really early to be traveling and playing a, a, a what should be a big marquee game. I think BYU is going to bring their best. Uh, they know they're coming to the conference, and and this has has sort of big game potential in the future. Um, they're going to Iowa State, not that important. They're going to West Virginia, kind of a – a pain in the butt to travel that far, but Baylor has to go to Texas. They have to go to OSU and they have to go to OU. That is, that's a tough schedule in terms of uh, within the big 12, the next three, you know, if, if Baylor's say Baylor's the best team, cause they're the defending champs, the next three best teams, they have to go and play those teams at those teams, home spots. That's rough. Oklahoma state by comparison plays in Oklahoma seven times. One of those is in Norman, but I don't necessarily know that when it comes to Bedlam, OU has that much of an advantage by it being a home game. I don't necessarily think that there's really a a Bedlam home advantage uh, very much at all. But other than that, they play both games and they, they play both Kansas teams in Kansas and then they play in Waco and they play in Fort Worth. That is a, you know, comparatively, they're going to have home field advantage in, in their most crucial games outside of OU. And I think that's sort of the deciding factor, especially when it comes down to two teams that I think are, 
are very different, but very equal in terms of what they're going to present in, in, in performance on the field. And I'm going to give it to OSU just because of home field advantage uh, in a couple games that will probably decide it. Like I've said before, you know, spoiler alert, OU's at number one. Uh, they're going to win it, but I think it's it's sort of a toss-up between all these other teams. And if it's going to come down to a head-to-head between OSU and Baylor, I think OSU is probably going to carry the day just because of uh, some advantages when it comes down to the OSU versus Baylor game. Yeah, I, I mean, I just – I know what you mean about Bedlam and Norman not feeling the same, but at the same time, at OU, at K-State, and at Baylor, feel like three of the tougher – you know, road games, even no but, matter what yeah. you say about well, K-State, even, even that, then, that environment think, can be loud. Yeah. Even then though, I think Baylor has a harder schedule. Like in Norman, in Austin, in Provo, and then in Stillwater is certainly harder than, you know, Manhattan. That's fair. Uh, no, it's, Norman. no, wait, Baylor, ba- ba- Baylor plays OSU in Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, Baylor okay, plays yeah, Oklahoma yeah, yeah. State at home. Okay, so. well, yeah. So wait, does I, your I analysis still, then yeah. go out the door? No, no, no. Because so you I, said I it all think, relies you know, on the OSU-Baylor no, matchup? I got some OSU and OU mixed up there. I, I think, I, I still think Baylor, um, I think OSU uh, has the edge there against Baylor. I'm, I'm known to be down on Baylor, right? Like I picked them dead last in the conference. They were the worst team. doesn't matter if they won it. They were still the worst team. You know, we can define worst in in many ways it it depends on what your definition of, of is is honestly that's a good hopefully blake gets that that's a legal reference just matters your statistics um okay so looking at everyone's standings look let, let me talk about teams of it quick, Bobby. yeah go yeah I, sorry jim I, I, so i didn't realize you yeah go ahead and talk about yeah me. i'm at number three um i think that them versus Texas is going to come down to that matchup versus each other. And I chose star power versus culture. I obviously know that culture is a big thing that Bobby's hanging his hat on. And yeah, you know, culture is a big deal, but it's kind of hard to beat guys like Bijan Robinson and, you know, Xavier worthy on the Texas side for me. But here's my thing with Baylor. I think they've got a great culture, but the thing is I'm really worried about them losing guys like Jalen Petrie. I think he was a big, big time player for them. I think losing Tristan Ebner and Abram Smith in the run game was a big deal for them as well, because that was a thing that they really hung their hat on. I like Shapian too, but like I do, I think he's very talented, but having that dynamic dude, that running back position was a big deal for them. It would break down defenses and it really opened up where Gary Bohannon and Blake Shapian got to play well. Um, I think that's going to be a big um, loss for them. And I still think they're very good. Because don't get me wrong, I think like Siaki, Ika, I, I think that's the big boy in the middle as well for them. They have, I think like, um, I think Dylan Doyle was like a really good player for them at linebacker last year that I saw. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not really sold as much on their defensive culture being as good as it was last year because I thought Pichu is such a good glue guy, but it's still going to be there, but they just don't have the stars to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and that's fair. I, I agree with that. I just agree a little bit more with the culture. And shout out to Dave Aranda for releasing a quarterback in spring practice like a true man and saying that Blake Shapin was going to be the starter and allowed Gary Bohannon to go get another starting job, unlike a lot of other college programs, including my yeah. own. So, Was that a – hey, if that was a dig at Lincoln Riley, we agreed. That guy sucks. No, I think that's a lot of coaches. Like, a lot of coaches are going to have a – quarterback competition just to keep the players on their roster in case one gets injured or something goes wrong like 
it takes it takes some cojones to say like hey go on and find another starting job somewhere else instead of like just saying like oh this is gonna go deep into the fall and ruin a guy's career so i gotcha i think that's fair ty are you what you reading there bud the law no sorry yes i well as i am a I, not to brag, you know, I, obviously y'all's resumes uh, outperform mine, but I, I am a, a bit of a financially trained uh, individual, so to speak. So I was just reading my my dictionary of finance and investment terms, and and it really had me thinking about, because this is a gambling podcast, this is the weekend spread where we, we sort of cover those best gambling bits. I was, I was just reading about uh, risk-adjusted returns, and then uh, I was also you know, reading about various other financial terms. Uh, and, and that had me thinking of who I have as my, my number one team, because it is such a slam dunk investment really. And and we talk about these sort of preseason bets. Cause again, this is a gambling podcast link in the bio and, and some other stuff in the bio. If you do have a gambling problem, please seek help uh, reference your, your bio on wherever you're consuming this podcast. But if you do gamble, shout out to DraftKings. but I, it's we talk about these preseason bets as, as such a long-term investment, and, and when you're looking at long-term investments, you know there's things like, uh, well, CDs, and eh, they're not necessarily investments, but bonds and and in in long-term stock looks and, and things of the sort. But if you're gonna put something long-term and not necessarily long-term, but long-term in the in the realm of sports gambling, I think you can't go any better than what are our number one pick here is about to be. So I don't want to necessarily reveal mine. I, I want to keep an, an air of mystery over what it could be. Certainly our, our intelligent listeners may be able to predict because they can predict the markets and that's why they are smart and they've tuned into this podcast. So I'll go back to reading and, and let you guys go back to what you were doing. Well, looking at the teams available, let's just say there's only one Oklahoma predicted unanimously by all four of us to win the big 12 Nature is healing everybody. Uh, it's good to see. So um, let's just kick this off by asking the non-OU fan, uh, Boat and Blake, what did you see in the Sooners this year? And how how confident are you in this? And what do you, do, do you think it's that concrete? Or do you think it's a little shaky? I think it's more on the shaky end. I really went back and forth because like, when you look at it on paper, I think the OU team that's returning, like if you just look at the roster, is worse than last year. But somehow I'm coming to the opinion that they are going to perform significantly better. And so, like, I look into it more, and, like, I think Venables is... I. For the most part, like, I think it'll be great on the defensive end for them this year. Like, I think Ty has been right all along about Alex Grinch and the speed defense thing. Like, that doesn't work. And they've, we've seen year after year after year, like, OU defense is really their one hindrance. Now, boo, we're not on Team Bobby, but, but I just, think for some reason like maybe this is just because like I'm going back to tradition and it's like I can't imagine OU not being there two years in a row but like I, I just I don't know like I don't really like Dylan Gabriel that much it's probably just because he's a lefty I hate watching him throw it's ugly it's abysmal I think agree with some of Ty's takes that I don't think y'all's wide receiving core is really that good and 
I didn't think you had many pieces. Of, like, I just don't think y'all have the pieces. But then I still arrive at the fact that, like, when I did your projected record, I came at 12 and 0. So I'm like, how did I get here? Like, why? Why is this? But I think y'all are going to make it. Like, if you're not one, you're two. And you're probably going to win that game. But it's just like, the roster is worse. I think the roster is worse this year. And I don't know how I arrive at a better result with, I think, a coaching staff that's like better in some ways, but also worse. So I'm just, yeah, I just had him at one. I think just because of tradition. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna save Ty for last. Jamison, your thoughts on OU uh, topping the table and uh, your confidence level in this? Yeah, and ter- I feel b- very, very confident about this. I really don't believe too much into the Big Twelve this year. I said it earlier in the podcast, and I'll say it again. I think there's a lot of weakness in it. And, you know, obviously picking Texas at two, that shows that a team like that, you know, with a lot of uncertainty and some weird culture can get to number two. That's how I feel about these other teams. Baylor just doesn't scream, you know, sexy pick for me um, to where they can be, you know, a number two or a number one team. And obviously I put TC at four. So do we even need to talk, Blake? I mean, no. Um, Here's my thing with OU. And this is why they're going to be the number one team in the Big 12. And I'm not worried about it. It's because they have consistency and solidarity across the whole roster to where I'm not worried about one position on this team. I think offensive line, this got this team is going to be really special with that. I've talked about how much I think McCabe tower has been really good at the guard position. Andrew Rame staying healthy. Um, Chris Murray, you know, being a veteran and then having a potential top draft pick with Anton Harrison, if he puts the pieces together and Wanya Morris finally coming into his own. Like, that is a really, really damn good offensive lineman. They're going to move people. And I, I think there people are going to have a lot of trouble, even if Dylan Gabriel isn't this flashy, good-looking, throwing quarterback that Blake think, um, is saying. I just think that we're just going to be – the big guys are going to be moving forward, and we're just going to be scoring and scoring fast. On the defensive end, if you had to say defensive line is my biggest worry, it'd have to be. But I think we've got a really good, solid team around it with a lot of leadership and some up-and-coming players like Danny Stutzman to where you can't say the you know how deep this defense is and this offense is and how solid each position group is on any other team in the Big 12. Big 12 teams, Texas, Baylor, TCU, OSU, all have weaknesses in certain position groups. I feel like we do not have a weakness. We are You all have weaknesses? Wide receiver? No, 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 no. Oh, I, here's the thing. I don't think it's like a what? glaring like handicap. I, I if you're saying Marvin Mims and you know uh, Theo Weiss and Drake Stoops. and yeah Drake Stoops and I think Jalil Farouk's gonna Stoops. take a big jump for us this year. Uh, yes, it is not the strongest, but it's not like I look at that and I'm like, ooh, that wide receiving crew is gonna hurt us. Like that's gonna make it where we could lose a game. I said that last year with our right tackle. I, I thought that our our tackles were extremely weak, and it caused us to lose a lot of games because stupid penalties and missed blocks. And this in this season, what I'm saying, yes, we are not we are not the strongest. I wouldn't say we're an A grade at every single position group. I'm just saying I feel good and confident in all of the positions, and that's something that not a lot of football teams can say. Yeah, no, I I feel like this team's a lot more well rounded than it was last year, and you know I'd like to say. If last year taught us anything, it's that we have no damn idea what the hell's going on, truly. But at the same, at that same time, I feel better about this culture. I feel better about the team going forward. Um, and yeah, it's it it's going to be weaker in some aspects, but I feel like overall it's going to be stronger in others. Ultimately, it's going to come down to 
how Jeff Levy's offense performs, how that works. And essentially if the guys in house already can, you know, put up with Vittable's defensive system, if they can play to, to his standards, um, which, you know, honestly, he's probably gonna have to pare it back some from what you saw at Clemson in terms of technicality, in terms of extravagance. But I think at, at its core, I, 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 I just, I think Oklahoma, um, in an uncertain, weird year, they're just, I, I, I like their odds to bounce back, figure it out just a bit more than I like really anybody else. Um, I think Venables has, has the right thing going. And I'll say this, they're going to be up to play every game. I don't see them blowing it against Kansas. I don't see them coming out flat against like a West Virginia at home. I, I just, the time what happened with Clemson last year, though? What's that? What happened with Clemson last year, though, with Brett Venables? Brett Venables lost sorry. to Georgia and in Clemson State. was the only reason that team won, or a defense held, was the only reason that team won any games. Yeah, their offense held, was a name. He held Georgia. What in the he had, world? Yeah, are you he held Georgia about? to to what? A, a field goal and the other Stetson and, and Bennett, a defensive he held, touchdown. He held. Which is I love y'all. I love when y'all y'all get no, okay, so no, triggered no, no, about Brent no, no, no. that you can't no. say one bad thing about him. No, that they, the defense wasn't the issue. Him, but like it's it's absurd to say what happened. Clemson was not good last year. The only reason that they were a ten plus win team, which is absurd, is because of the defense. It's like you, you can't like. They could not score against anyone. It's a, like it, you can okay. you can trash the defense. The defense was on the field like ninety percent of the time. The the defense was the only thing that team had. Oh yeah, if we had DJ Uyelongule at quarterback, then yeah, I'd be a little worried. But we don't. I don't know what Dylan like. We don't know about Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I I think that's also a big thing. His health. Is, is huge, but I think like, like I, we really don't know. Like the thing is, if Dylan Gabriel goes down, y'all are screwed. Like your quarterback room is not good. No, we all agree with that. I think we all agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I'm, we're betting on these team, teams to be healthy. Injuries are random, so I think I, I'm not one. And again, not 100 confident in this, but I feel like the team Venables is inheriting is really not that bad. And I feel like the culture he's bringing, the defensive scheme is better and it arguably you could say that the offense wasn't even that good anyways last year scheme wise it was caleb williams going nuts and that's about it so i'm okay with uh levy i'm not saying he's better than what oh you're okay with levy i'm okay with levy i'm okay with him (laughs) what okay shut up no no you know what i meant advertiser friendly only bits Sorry, sorry. You know what I meant. I, I'm okay with Levy's offense. Maybe the other stuff, not sure. But, but, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like they're balanced enough to win it. I feel like they can make a run, and um, it would be obviously a massive accomplishment to win it. But, um, yeah, they're my pick. I will, so. I, I will say OU, like last year, like we talk about like how they really underperformed. They just lost two key games. That's really all they did. Like they just lost one to OSU and one to Baylor. And that like ruined, that basically made sure that they won in the Big 12 championship. Like they were there the entire year. It was just final game. They were like 10 yards away. Yep. And that Baylor game even, you know what, it was... It was ten. It was to close. Seven. It was yeah. It was into, close. 
And it yeah. really was, like, I will give y'all this, like, the Lincoln Riley fodder that y'all want. Like, him, like, snip-snapping, snip-snapping the quarterbacks that game was a ridiculous move. Like, let a guy find a groove and go, or, like, make that switch and go. But it was it was a preposterous move, what he did in that Baylor game. Yeah, it was um, very bad. And, you know, honestly, that team just felt off all year, and they still almost won the damn thing. They still almost made a playoff run, so... I don't know with, with the right coaches, with the right culture involved. I feel like it could work, but you know, again, we don't really know that, but Ty, I don't know. You're brandishing a cigar. You look, you look like, you know, it, I, I look, I loved your presentation before it. I wanted you to close this out on why the uh, Sooners are going to win the big 12. So here's a, let me preface this, right? I, and this is no joke. I blocked off two full hours to preparing for this podcast. And I dedicated about, 15 to 20 minutes of that to really studying nine out of 10 teams. And then I really dedicate, I really truly dedicated an hour and 40 minutes or so of just studying bullet points and reasons and talking points as to why OU is going to win this conference. And what it came down to was after I studied the other nine teams and I looked at my timer and I had an hour, 40 minutes left And then I spent that hour and 40 minutes deep locked into my computer. And what I came away with was once I ran to you, now I'll run from you. This tainted love you've given, I give you all a boy could give you. Take my tears and that's not nearly all. Oh, tainted love. And that's exactly right. Do you know what I did for that hour and 40 minutes? I listened to tainted love on repeat for an hour and for nothing sensory deprivation turned off the lights closed my eyes i turned on a 10-hour loop of tainted love on youtube and i listened to it why because it's obvious OU is gonna win i've got the victory cigar out right now you know the feds are listening this is not cuban therefore this is whatever is legal for a cigar it's also (laughs) actually not cuban i just wanted to imply that it came like pre-cut or whatever remember when Uh, bobby Bobby ate a crow last year and I, I'm smoking it, uh, smoking it. I think that's a term. I don't know how smoking goes. Uh, I have my vape right here. I'm a vapor. Uh, but yeah, OU's that's tobacco, got this. by the way. There's nothing. Feds, we've got, tobacco. This is a, yeah, uh, there's not tobacco in my vape, Bobby. It's this ink. Is a, it's um, ink. It's ink. A pilot. It's, ink. it's the 07. A lot of people disrespect the 07, but. Uh, I'm an 05 like, man. But, uh, well, you got to have a light touch. You got to have a light touch. That's what it's all about. So. Yeah, there's no no explanation. We've gone on for an hour and 30 minutes talking about these garbage teams to appease the rest of the conference. The conference is trash. If the, if the conference Okay, was good, okay, I got to step in here. If good, we'd be staying there. If the conference was good, we'd be staying there. It's a money-making business. It's a money-making business. We've got to get to where we make the money. We're doing that. It's not a good on-field product. Y'all are just going to a conference where it's Georgia, Alabama every year. Like, that's going to be fun. Like, at least our conference, it's going to be... It's a money-making business. But where do you see the money? It's not your money. It's some invisible money that... You don't see the money right now. Yeah, well, well, okay. Don't don't send me off on my tangent about how college football programs currently are in no way related to the universities. They're just sort of thinly veiled money-making things that try to hide in this sort of non-profit world of of universities and education and they're going to branch off soon, you know, uh, here and there again, depends on what is, is, uh, but yeah, this is OU's conference. There's no analysis needed. 
I'll recite the rest of Tainted Love. I it's probably not uh, copyright friendly, so I, I guess I won't. But well, I mean, you can sing it. That's uh, original performance. <laughs> but I don't think anyone let's, really wants let's that. Let's not do that. I don't think hey, it, nobody hey. wants that. Can I? Uh, can Jameson, I make one note? A, I believe you had a program note. Yeah, I am hurting because I must have missed this. I saw that the Wyoming transfer Isaiah Nair uh, for Texas hurt out for the season as of a couple days ago. Miss that? That hurts, but it's okay. We're still we're still rolling with Texas. I I, I think Jordan Whittington's a pretty good wide receiver too, um, but you know Xavier is obviously going to help us. There you go. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting for sure. I just used Texas as us. I'm so sorry. Okay, just Ugh. carry on. Ugh. Ugh. Hey, well, to be Freudian fair, this slip, is a podcast. Where, to be fair, you you and Ty regularly flip hook em horns, so it's not exactly like... That has never once occurred. Sure. Okay. There's yeah, no see, you just agreed with me. No, you just agreed with me. Stop the count. You just agreed. We can move on. That has never occurred. Folks, I, I think that's about it. And you know what that means? You know what it means now that the weekend spread has finished its last season preview it's week zero time baby yeah that's right next time we're getting the crew together we are starting this thing off a full march towards gambling supremacy to see which one of us can pick the best and guys uh i think we can announce it what's our uh what's our punishment gonna be this year the 999 baby 999 what jameson explain us what the 999 is well, you guys know, if you watched us last year, that our punishment was to eat a dog as fast as you can every single day, and then two on Sundays for, was it two weeks that we had to do it? One it was, week. It was just one week. It was just one week. Oh, that was nice. That's very nice of us. Now we decided we're not going to elongate our punishment over one week. We're going to put it into one baseball game, nine by nine by nine, nine innings, nine hot dogs, and nine beers. Each inning, it's going to be each inning. No, or one, one per inning. One per inning. One per inning. My beer. Nine beers, nine dogs over the course of nine innings. Yeah, we are absolutely psychopaths drinking eighty-one beers. Okay, yeah, but nine beers, nine dogs, nine innings, and man, what I love to see Blake lose this year. So we are on Team Blake because. Bobby's destined to lose many of things, but Blake has been shivering in his boots ever since we set this punishment. I so can't I'm do it. Blake. I know I can't. So that's why I'm like, I gotta win this. I can't do, I can't do the punishment. Like I, there's no way. Like, I don't think I can watch nine innings. That's something I can do, but the equivalent together, maybe nine beers, but definitely not nine hot dogs. So yeah, you gotta try. You gotta we're try. just hoping future me doesn't have to figure out that problem and we can just win this. The nine innings is less of like a, it's less of like a, a fun thing and more of like a, a clock on you that could expire at any moment. You pray for like tons of runs, like tons oh, yeah. and tons of runs. You do not want a no hitter. You do not want a dual new hitter going into the eight with this one. Yeah, currently tentatively tentatively scheduled for OUTCU weekend, uh, the baseball one at uh, Aldell Mitchell Ballpark. But we'll see how that pans out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Should be fun. Ty, are you going to win this year? You, you, you've you been yeah. up and down. Yeah. No, nothing else to say. From the, yeah, from the no, you asked if I was going to win. Yeah. From the hit, I'm not going to lose. I know that. That's cool, easy. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Am well, I? Who's gonna lose? I don't know. Not me. Certainly. Not so. Ty. Definitely not yeah. last year. 
No, no, I like. I, I, well, I, I did not lose. I tied for last. Tied. We've last all year. lost. Had there been so, a tiebreaker, I uh, probably would have won it. Is there going to be a tiebreaker for this, or like, is a tie for last? We're doing. Theoret- we're doing. Theoretically, if three people tie for last, all three have to do it. Yes. I really okay. feel like there should be. I really feel like there, a tiebreaker would be more fun because it's like double. Let's make the tiebreaker the um the bowl the, the bowl pick'em. I wasn't gonna no, say no, bowl no, pick'em. No, because no. no, bowl pick'em is different. I was gonna say if you hit podcast. your uh. Let's go back to this podcast as the tiebreaker. I because like it. People, people should. Or I say we put, do. People should flip not have to put K State uh, without coin because you've been able to do this without. You did this without punishment. You should be held accountable for the heinous crimes that you've committed. By predicting K State at three, we are That's, not, it's not right. this podcast. I'm winning think, the weekend spread, so I don't know. No, what you're I think about. I think flip a coin. Flip a, the coin we'll, decides. We'll it. have this conversation off air. We will get to y'all on this, but um, because we're just gonna keep arguing about it. If y'all listen to this whole pod, you realize how much we argued. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. But um, yeah. Well, look, next time we're having the weekend spread, boys together, we'll be breaking down week zero. So that's uh, <laughs> it's Nebraska, uh, Northwestern in, in Ireland. Then you got uh, Wyoming at Illinois. And then the best one of all, Vanderbilt at Hawaii. So lots of good stuff there. We can't wait to get this season going. And uh, for all of y'all who've been watching our previews, thank you so much. It's about to get a lot better. So stick with us. So for me, Ty... Jameson and the captain Boaten Blake. This has been the weekend spread big 12 preview. We'll see you soon and good luck out there, everybody.